What's up, BYU Radio friends? Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here on the latest BYU Sports Nation. Our way-too-early win expectations for BYU football in 2024. And how much Foos Traore's injury will impact BYU men's basketball as they try and stay perfect. On the next episode, game day for women's volleyball in the NCAA tournament and women's soccer in the College Cup. We'll chat with head coach Jennifer Ryan. Listen on demand, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, or tune in live at noon Eastern for BYUSN here on BYU Radio. Next on BYUSN, Cougar football has their season in, but you know what? It's never too early to look ahead to 2024 with our way-too-early win-loss projections based on what Austin Colley said yesterday. Plus, an injury update for BYU big man Fusini Traore. We'll discuss how that impacts the expectations for men's hoops, specifically through non-conference play. The metrics love BYU, and the man behind them is Ken Pomeroy, who will explain the most surprising parts of the Cougars' explosion to start the season, and which two women's soccer players are up for the National Player of the Year Award. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, November 30th. I am Spencer Linton. He is an aspiring Olympic Committee selection member, Jerem Jordan. You were on your mish, right? In South Korea when, I was. when the Olympics came. It was very exciting. That was my senior year of high school, and it was so fun. Uh, they had a bunch of these concerts for the medal ceremonies. That, like Creed came to town in the Lannis Morissette. And, it's the Olympics. Uh, Macy Gray, and there were like a, a, a bunch of them. They're just three random ones. So, uh, yeah, you could go to sporting events, and you could, it, uh, you could go see these cool concerts. Like, it was so fun. The preferred city to host the Winter Olympics is Salt Lake City in 2034. Now, this is really funny to me. Utah is celebrating like it got the Olympics. Why don't they just say that now? Like, you're the preferred. When I was dating, I didn't declare to the potential, uh, my potential, uh, the girls that I wanted to uh, date or whatever. I declare that you are the preferred girlfriend at the moment. Like, what? 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 Isn't it you get the Olympics or not? Like, I think it's weird that the IOC is sort of like, says this well stop right there what it, it, you just you said the ioc and yeah. therein lies the problem okay yeah but, but like <laughs> what what is this they don't Spencer do Cox things is like normally. we're stoked to host like it's like it's a done deal if it's done deal just say it's done deal yeah uh the international olympic committee has not been known to be very forthright it, it by the <laughs> way it was crazy downtown like the security was wild obviously it was right after 9-11 so it was like Everyone was high, on high alert, but I can't. I went downtown to get like a letter of recommendation for application to BYU from like Greg Rubel and Tom Kirkland mm-hmm. as a high school student, and I had to like go through security to get into KSL. Like, oh it yeah, was, it was wild. Next level. It was wild how uh, how tight downtown was. You couldn't just like show up. Yeah, you want to know what my most tangible memory of the Winter Olympics in 2002 is? Like many of you who served missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. You're disconnected from the world in large part, including they used to be. Now the Olympic now sports. It's true. Yeah. We were very disconnected. Oh, I got my, it oh, took yeah. seven to ten days for me to find out how things happen, like how things happened and if they happen in the sports world. Like I got it in newspaper clippings. I just went to BYUcougars.com. <laughs> I just straight up went and I was like, oh, BYU lost. Thanks. I did not do that. <laughs> I waited for my mom's letters. But you can't deflect the immediacy of the Korean people who are very competitive in short track speed skating. Oh, yeah. And there was a massive scandal in the 2002 Winter Olympics about who cheated and medals being taken away. And I got screamed at so many times one particular night, like, you guys are cheaters. And I was like, what did did we cheat at? 
short track speed skating. You're like, who All cares? Right. Okay. <laughs> like, we'll see you on the football field. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a fantastic memory of the 2002 Winter <laughs> Olympic no, Games. No, I'm hoping, uh, obviously, Salt Lake gets it because it, it's pretty cool. We're ready to go again. Peaks Ice Arena and Provo hosted NHL players from all yes. over the world. Like, unbelievable. And the nation shall flow unto it again. Yeah, Isaiah was right, man. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Their unselfishness that we've seen so far. Their willingness to share the basketball. There's no question that BYU has shooters. Oh, one hand. Oh, my goodness. We've got a smorgasbord of topics to discuss today, and to appropriately do so, we have chosen the buy, sell, or hold game to adequately address these. Everything, football, basketball, maybe a little soccer thrown in there. But we will start with this. Our good friend Austin Collie yesterday on this show, sitting yeah. in your seat, Jerem, yeah. set his expectations for BYU football's win total for next season. Listen to this. I expect eight wins from the Cougars next year. Let's go. Eight wins. Eight wins. Let's Hot go, take baby. number one. Let's, Let's go. go. Eight wins. Look at, looking serious when he said it, too. Expected <laughs> all business from Austin Collie. So, Jerem, with one of the greatest BYU Cougars in the history of the program, setting the expectation for eight yep. wins for BYU football next season, do you buy, sell, or hold that idea for an expectation of eight from Austin Collie? Hold. Because I need to see the roster. Like, I, I can't just say right now. We have the schedule, but I need to see the roster. Like, what other quarterback does bring in, uh, BYU bring in? Like, does Aiden Robbins bounce? I'm assuming he bounces, like, but hopefully he stays. Um, who else is coming in and, and leaving? There's a lot of shuffling. Like, you're only as good as your roster. Um, and hopefully you coach him up well, and there's a lot around that. But, like, ultimately you are your roster. I've got to see that first before I make some declaration on November 30th. I am strangely buying this idea after talking with Austin on and off the air. I'm kind of in on eight wins, and there are a few reasons behind this. Yeah, explain yourself. One, maybe Aiden Robbins leaves, but who else? Who else is leaving based on their choice that we think is going to enter the transfer portal that is of significant importance to BYU's football team? Kingsley should be gone, right? Again, we talked about this yesterday, so I'm, I'm including yeah. Kingsley being yeah. gone. Like, so I expect him bounce. to be gone. Yeah. Everybody, if everybody else returns, like that wide receiver room. But hey, everyone's it, not going to return. I, That's just how it may, is. Maybe there Ke- will be guys that leave. Maybe Keanu Hill wants something new. I, and again, Kibo, I, I want you back in Provo. I, I've heard Keanu is probably gone. But if Chase Roberts, Darius Lassiter, who in large part told me he's coming back, yeah. Keelan Marion wants to be back. Yeah. Cody Epps wants to be back. He declared as much. Mm-hmm. Said in the postgame after Oklahoma State, oh, I'm coming back. I'm ready for the challenge. Parker Kingston and then JoJo Phillips wants to be back. Like, that room is really good. So even if BYU rolls out Jake Retzloff, who started four games, and look, he, had, he took his lumps for sure. Who wouldn't against that schedule? He did enough in some cases to put BYU in position to win Games, the last two specifically. Yeah, ranked teams from the sooner. The schedule, we think, is going to be easier. It's going to be lighter because there's not going to be a Texas or an Oklahoma. And BYU gets Kansas in Provo, Kansas State in Provo, Oklahoma State in Provo. Houston just lost their head coach. 
I don't know what Wyoming and SMU are going to be, but I feel like the schedule lightens compared to what it was this year. So automatically we, I went. We sure hope so. Okay. With how close BYU was in a couple of games this year with the core group on offense returning in the skill positions, I like BYU to win seven games next season. I think this this group, even if Retzloff's the quarterback, and, but with everything he brings back around him, BYU should win seven. So it's not that much of a stretch to think, okay, if they can upgrade in the portal somehow and they don't lose a ton, is it that crazy to think eight? Because you saw my reaction when it happened. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. But after having discussed it, I'm like, okay, yeah, the schedule lightens up. You bring back that core and they develop as they naturally should. And maybe it's because of what BYU basketball is doing, Jerem. Maybe that's affecting my mind where it's like they were not great last year. They were bad in times. They were awesome this year because of experience and growth together. Maybe football can do that together, specifically on offense, where they struggled so much this year. So that's kind of why I'm buying eight wins right now. But if the O-line is the key and you have, you have continuity. They won five games with an awful that. offensive line. They won five games with a terrible offensive line. Well, you went three and seven versus P5s, right? Like you, you hope that you get two G5 or uh, FCS is an automatic win. At Wyoming's not an automatic win. Like, we, we want that to be an automatic win. It is, it is not. It is not. Why are we playing that game? <laughs> okay, ne- uh, next one. BYU football had 10 players honored yesterday by the Big 12. Three players on the second team. All Big 12, Tyler Batty, Ryan Rico, Kingsley Suamatia. Mm-hmm. Seven total honorable mentions. So much honor in that mention, by the way. When did that start? That's I don't know. I don't know. You shall be honored and mentioned. <laughs> Are you buying, selling, or holding that BYU did not have a first-team All Big 12 player on the roster this year? For this year... I, I get it. I'm, I'm buying it. Yeah, who, who deserved to be first team? Maybe Ryan Rico. But Austin McNamara at Texas Tech was incredible, he, too. Also he a was, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He was very similar, and Tech did better as a team. So sometimes that like, yeah. a factor. So may, maybe Ryan Rico is the one that I think, ah, I, I'd give the nod to Rico. He was awesome. But he's right there with McNamara. Which, by the way, let's chat about that. So yesterday there was some news on Twitter of a certain player saying he's going to come to BYU as a punter on scholarship. That means that Rico is leaving. See them. you later. Like, Ryan has not announced that, but that is essentially well, I, the information. I, right? I happen to know that two yeah. NFL teams specifically are very interested already in Ryan Rico. I talked to one scout as well during a game in the press box who said, oh, yeah, he's he is. We want yeah. – like, we're very interested in that guy. Yeah, no, so – so, but I was like, oh, that blows up any announcement from Ryan because it's basically yes. that was the announcement. Um, so, yeah, and if you get excited about punter scholarships, that was an exciting moment, um, <laughs> which we do. I know Johnny Linehan's excited I, about I'm it. I'm actually buying this, that there, there was not a first-teamer. Who, who deserved to be because on the Because BYU team? will get one next year? Is that what we're sort of thinking in this idea? Yeah, let, let's, like, let's, let's shift that conversation. Let, Are you buying what, the idea that, so, that BYU will have at least one first-teamer next year? No, here's why. Um, I need to see the roster. And two, there will be 16 teams next year. It's even harder to get one of those spots. Just because you have a bad team doesn't mean you at least get somebody on the first team. Hey, Tyler uh, Batty, you, second teamer, awesome. Rico, UCF awesome. had two, and TCU had one, and they all had losing records in league. Yeah. Like, you can have – BYU went 4-9, and nine and Fred Warner be- was on the team, you know what I mean, in 2017. Houston has two for goodness sake. So I think BYU could have one next year. 
I don't know who. Who? Yeah, who's most know. likely? Maybe one of the running backs. Maybe Chase Roberts. I, skill position's hard to crack, man. I I would hope that BYU in the future would have an O lineman. Maybe it's Waylon Lapuaho, the one guy who comes back. Maybe a guard, but like you've, if you're a first team All Big Twelve player, you are. NFL drafty, undrafted free agent type for sure. Yes. Like, look at the three names Tyler Batty, Ryan Rico, Kingsley Suomate. And not I'm ta- surprisingly, the three most draftable prospects. And that's second team. I'm talking first. Mm. So, yeah, can BYU get one next year? Sure. If you're going to win eight games, though, it feels like you need like two plus guys. Ooh. Like, you've <sighs> got to have a game changing player at multiple positions. One at a skill position would be desired. <laughs> Always. <laughs> for sure. Always, yeah. And BYU has had that recent. Recently. It's pretty wild when you look back on the draft picks in the last three, four years. Yes. Just, yeah, th- this year. Which we'll dive into the draft later with BYU. But, yeah, we hope BYU has multiple selections outside of Kingsley. Okay, let's keep this rolling. Last year, BYU had 26 players leave via the transfer portal. Huge exodus. And then, not surprisingly, a wave of people coming in, too. And it affected BYU. Not in all the positive BYU ways had, this well, year. BYU had... How, it was like 31 or 33. Crazy turnover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So do you buy, sell, or hold that BYU will have fewer than 26 players enter the transfer portal this year compared to the number last I year? I buy. I don't think it's going to be 26 this year. Like, I, yeah. Meaning I don't think that's going to happen, so give me that stock while it's yes. lower. I'm with you 100%. Like, this is a hard buy for yeah. me right now because I – I don't see it. Yeah. A lot of conversations were had with players on the BYU roster last year that was like a – I mean, they purposefully were, were just... Going into the Big 12, they were chopped. saying... They were cutting the fat, essentially. We don't, we don't, we don't think you're at yes. this level. We're going to bring someone hard, up. A lot of hard conversations happened last certain year. certain people. Yes. Yeah. Whether you think they're unfair or not, like, the hard conversations happened because BYU felt that urgency of, okay, you're either here and you're Power 5 ready or you're not. We think you're not, so And some left good before, luck. like, Jay Hill came in. Otherwise, they yes. might have stayed. We found that out later. That's not going to happen again this offseason. No. No, there's continuity with the coordinator. Correct. There's continuity with the league. So there will be fewer. And I don't feel like it'll be that high between now and the end of spring ball, by the way. We're not talking about like in the next week before the portal opens on Monday or whatever. Yeah. And when it closes on January 2nd. We're talking through spring ball. And I know a couple 20, of know a couple of guys have already, get to 20. have already hopped in. What are we at three now? The Daily Brothers and, and Austin, Austin Riggs. Riggs, who announced on his Instagram yesterday, the, the long snapper. Those are the three at the I, moment. I believe those are the three that are public. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. John Rothstein reported yesterday that uh, Foose will be day-to-day with a uh, hamstring injury for BYU. I don't like it! Toughest remaining uh, game scheduled is at Utah, of course. Are you buying, selling, or holding that BYU will beat Utah without Foose should he not be available for that game? This to me, oh, man. I'm holding I'm holding for sure here because Utah has good post play. Utah has depth in the post. They have size. Like they're good. Carlson and Madsen are good players for the Utes. Yeah, Madsen's like a small forward. But yeah. Still, I, I, BYU, I, I would feel way better about BYU's chances if Foose were playing in this game to match up with those bodies because he is so physical. Like yeah. he's, he's a load in the post to yeah. handle. Yeah. So who is that guy for BYU, Ali Khalifa, who is banged up himself? He's, he's not 100% healthy. He's got to play now. So, so I'm definitely a hold here. Like, if BYU loses the game at Utah, I, won't, I don't like it, but I won't be surprised at all. And Utah's a top 50 Ken Palm team. Utah just destroyed St. Mary's. But, 
Same uh, area's not uh, good. By seven. By seven, yeah. Same area's not great. But, but, th- but they did what BYU had rarely done in Moraga, which is going to win. Win. They BYU won, won in Moraga Two twice. Three times? Two times, I think. So that's tough to pill to swallow. I am buying. Here's why. Um, you just, when you have as many shooters as BYU has, you just don't need that low post score. Not, in a true road gym, though? It's not, well. For the first and only well, time in non con? You're right. They are going to tell them it is a gymnastics meet and expect a big crowd. <laughs> The crowd's going to show the, up for Utah. Like the upper bowl will actually have people in it yes, in the Huntsman Center. Because which is BYU's ranked. exciting for the Utes. And the Utes are actually improving. Like the, <laughs> the Hornets' nest will be alive if and well. If I'm them, I roll out camerizing and, like, he's coming back. Remember? We said, like, I just make that a thing. Yes. Um, Don't give him ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I think BYU can still go in there and win. Um, you know, and, and that's the only game in Ken Palm. Where BYU doesn't have like a 94% plus chance the rest of non-conference. Yeah, what is it, 60%? Yes, and ESPN is saying Utah 60%. Okay, so there's the difference. But, yeah, that's a big game. I think I might just go to that game and watch. Wow. uh, Just as a media member. And then the last time we were up there, Ute fans walking by, yelling at us. Oh, yeah. Which was super fun. That was was a great experience. After Yoli Childs, like, cramped up late in the game or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Always a good experience to go up to the Huntsman. Maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Jeremy's a buy there. Hey, I like your confidence. I'm a buy. I'm no, definitely, no, no, no. definitely a hold. I, I really like um, BYU even without Fusa. Okay. Let's say it takes a little bit longer. Yeah. And I'm, look, I'm going to expect that it's going to be a little while. If it's day to day and it's a hamstring. And that doesn't tell us exactly how long this is going to be. Like, no. What if it's weeks? I don't like it. And ah. I'm, I'm kind of expecting that to be the case. Okay. Just maybe for uh, the emotion of it all, just to be Brace yourself just to be ready. Like this, it, it, could, it could get yeah. a little tricky here, like through non-conference. Yeah. So let's say it does take a little bit longer. Are you buying, selling, or holding that BYU will go unbeaten, thirteen and zero in non-conference play? Ch- um, chances are you lose a game. Okay, just that that one slips away. But with this schedule, all in Utah, by the way. Uh, okay, Fresno State Friday, neutral site, semi-home in Salt Lake. Win. Evansville. Win. At Utah. Hold. Tossuppy, right? Uh, Denver at home. Win. Georgia State. Win. Bellarmine. Victory. Wyoming. And another win. I'm buying. I think BYU is going to go 13. Yeah. They could totally lose the game at Utah. Like, but. It comes down to that game, Jerry. It comes down. Yeah, absolutely. There's, and there might be another weird game where we don't see it and BYU didn't shoot it well and, and think, blah, 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 blah. BYU's playing at home and in Salt Lake. Literally in Salt Lake, two of the games semi the home. are at home. One could argue at Utah is semi-home. <laughs> no, the Utes are going to show up in their own gym uh, for that one, but not many others. I'm a hold based on exactly what we talked about with the Utah game. It comes down, in my opinion, to the Utah game. I fully no expect course. BYU will win the remainder of their games outside of the true road contest, the only one in non-conference play for BYU what in a, Salt Lake great, City. What a great way to schedule that is a hold there. Great schedule. But I expect 12-1. and one. If BYU beats Utah, I'm ready to go 13-0 and, and for BYU to be ranked in the top 12 going into Big 12 play. Which is wild. Incredible. And that probably will be the peak of the ranking. But I just want BYU to make the tourney. Would like you I, take a 12 I'm, seed right now playing game? 100%. Because everyone's – yeah. I'm, I'm excited about BYU too. I got to see – Halfway, we'll talk about this more in the whip, but I got to see BYU halfway through Big 12 play to really know where we're at. Okay. Okay. Right now, BYU's not playing that. Like, they have some nice wins, but once you get into Big 12, obviously it's tougher. Like, 
Let's not do what we did with football. Four and one, five and two. Bop, bop, bop. We got to see Big 12 play. We got to see how tough that is. Our question of the day. Let's go back to football specifically. What is your way too early win total expectation? Oh, we're going there. For BYU football in 2024. This based off of what Austin Colley said yesterday. Eight wins. Brent Fredrickson on X answers, I expect six and six. I believe in Kalani and what he is doing. BYU can absolutely win eight or nine games next year. Wow. But ramping up to success in the Big 12 is likely going to take one to two more years. If not longer. I, like To me, this is a three- to five-year project to get into the we are in, we want to be consistently in the upper half of the league. Yes. It takes a moment. Can BYU do what BYU, BYU football do what BYU basketball did? And that is keep the core of your experience and add a few nice key pieces through the transfer portal. But you hold on to the core. That's the hope. Harder in football than basketball. A lot of moving pieces there, I think. If they can hold on to the core and add a few pieces, then, then again, I, you, you know I feel like eight ID? is a real possibility. You know what we should ID? How many the core is and who are the core. I think we should figure Starting that out. Starting a quarterback and offensive line. Quarterback. <laughs> BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is tonight, 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV uh, and ESPN+. Plus. Jackson Robinson is the guest, and I talked with Trevin Nell in the film room. Spencer's hosting this one. Looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to play a Price is Right type game with the sneakerhead Jackson Robinson. It's going to be fantastic. Price is wrong. <laughs> Up next, the king of college basketball metrics. The one and only Ken Pomeroy joins us live to break down why his metrics and numbers love BYU so much this season. This is BYU Sports Nation. Richie Saunders transition three for the Cougars. Yes! Noah Waterman. It's raining. It's raining. (laughs) We are live at Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. BYU basketball 6-0 and and ranked in the top 20. Did I you heard hear? That. That's exciting. Yeah. Alongside Jeremy Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Let's bring in our fantastic college basketball stats guru, the man who we put a lot of trust in when it comes to determining like how good or bad a team actually is. His I look at is, his website. A lot. Yes, every day. I look at it every day every college day. basketball season. It's worth 20 bucks. Ken Pomeroy joins us on BYU Sports Nation. Ken Pom. Back on BYUSN. Welcome back to the show. Kenneth? Hey, great to be back, guys. The team must be doing good if I'm back on the show. (laughs) Yeah, we don't don't call you when they're uh, 110. Exactly. (laughs) When they're 10th, we're like, hey, let's chat. Which, let's discuss, uh, you know, obviously, sometimes I think people think your website is an opinion space. It is a metric space. Uh, Offensive efficiency minus defensive efficiency adjusted and everything. A lot of great numbers there. BYU is perhaps the surprise of the college basketball season so far. What has surprised you the most about BYU's play? Well, I mean, just I think, I, you know, I don't want to go too crazy here, but, you know, certainly just the, the consistent dominance for the most part. I mean, um, you know, in almost every game, it seems like they are jumping out to a lead and keeping it, you know, maybe the NC State game, uh, the lone exception there. But, um, you know, that's – Ultimately, what my, my ratings like is scoring margin adjusted for uh, strength of schedule. And certainly, um, BYU has generally, you know, had really good scoring margins against pretty decent teams. And even, you know, the San Diego State game, which was kind of a, a back and forth game, um, you know, at the end, BYU was able to pull away and, and win that game pretty comfortably as well. 
Ken, you started BYU higher in your metric than most of the other ratings. And a lot of BYU fans, coaches, players probably included, were like, wait, what, what is he seeing? What were you anticipating and why was BYU higher in your metric compared to some of the other polls? Yeah, truth be told, I was pretty surprised by that as well. You know, I was, when the rankings <laughs> came out, I was like, whoa, wait, what's going on here? Um, but, you know, he, you know, did a deeper dive. I mean, they, they basically brought most everybody back that they can bring back. You know, they didn't, they didn't um, have a lot of roster turnover. Uh, so that certainly helped. Um, the one thing, too, that was interesting, you know, when you look back to last season, it was obviously a disappointing year. Uh, they were one of the, I think, the highest rated team in my system that didn't get a postseason bid. Um, and furthermore, you know, they ended up with a losing conference record in WCC play, which was concerning. But when you look back at every team uh, since, for the date I have, goes back to 1997, so 26-ish years, um, they had the, the best scoring margin for a team with a losing conference record. So, you know, you look back at their games, like they were in those games with Gonzaga. They were in those games with St. Mary's. And when they had, you know, uh, when they beat, you know, lesser teams in the league, the games weren't close. So, you, know, you don't want to paper over it too much. It was a disappointing year, but uh, as disappointing years go, it was actually pretty decent and actually gave them kind of a foundation to, um, you know, have a solid year this year, maybe a better chance of that than people would realize. You have numbers that no one else has, which is fun. Um, one of those is minutes continuity, BYU 18th in the country. We have given a lot of stock so far to, oh, what BYU didn't have last year was roster continuity, but into this year, it's essentially the same team, and you added Trevin Nell, you've added Ali Khalifa. You don't have Dawson Baker quite yet, the UC Irvine transfer, but this team has gotten much better, and you don't automatically get better. This team has developed in a way that has been surprising, and this team's one of the best teams in the country. BYU always has this, hey, we're old thing, but literally the first and third oldest players in college basketball are Spencer Johnson and Trevin Nell. What value do you give to the continuity of the minutes there? Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, that's part of what, um, you know, certainly in the algorithm, uh, you know, what goes into the preseason rating is say how good, what's the baseline for the program? You know, what would we expect the program to do with kind of normal roster turnover? And then what kind of roster turnover do they have? You know, if everybody's coming back or, or a lot of people are coming back and then, you, you know, you throw in a couple of transfers, um, that's, you know, going to be viewed favorably. And, and again, you know, that's, you know, I, it's 362 teams out there. So I, I wasn't necessarily hyper-focused on, on BYU in the offseason. But when, you know, when I started putting together my rankings and noticed they were high and, and did a little more investigation, it's like, oh, yeah, wow, you haven't heard, you know, much out of BYU in terms of guys leaving the program. And, you know, that was a little bit surprising given the season. Again, it wasn't like, you know, it, for some teams, you know, you have a great season, they still lose one or two guys. And obviously BYU was a little disappointing. You would have ex wouldn't have been surprised if one or two guys left the program that would have made a difference. But um, but that didn't happen. And as you mentioned, like Trevin Nell, I think, you know, that was kind of a sneaky, uh, you know, quote-unquote roster addition. Obviously he was already on the roster, but, you know, didn't play last year. And so, um, you know, just the, the roster continuity plus kind of increased depth already within the program, um, you know, really, really helped. Our number one college basketball stats guru, Ken Pomeroy, is on BYU Sports Nation. We were talking about different specific numbers that you keep track of within just the glorious database that you have, which, again, is a lot of fun to explore. One of those is offensive rating. And when you look closely at BYU, the Cougars have two players in the top 20 in the country in individual offensive rating in Richie Saunders and Noah Waterman. It's kind of a tricky, complicated algorithm. So if you put it in layman's terms, 
What is it, and why are those guys, specifically Noah and Richie, in the top 20? Right. It's uh, So, you know, I have a, a team-level offensive rating, which is just the, you know, the points a team scores per possession or per 100 possessions. Um, and it's the, kind of the same concept on an individual level. It is more complicated because you have to assign kind of responsibility for a possession for, for each player. So sometimes that's easy. You know, you make a shot, you get credit for that possession. But there's other times where it's more complicated on, on an assist or a, um, a turnover or a free throw or something like that. But, uh, you know, on all, it's just, hey, you know, when this guy's responsible for a possession, when he ends the possession, good or bad, you know, how many points does he score? And, you know, for guys like Noah Waterman and Richie Saunders, that number's been very high, almost, you know, 1.5 points per possession. Wow. Um, yeah. And usually that's driven by uh, role to some extent. Those guys do have smaller roles uh, on the team and just excelling in that role. And then in the case of Noah Waterman, you know, making 47% of his threes, I mean, that's going to drive uh, <laughs> a lot of that, you know, making a lot of threes and not committing turnovers is is helpful. For Richie Saunders, he's actually made a lot of twos, you know, 74% of his twos. So that's uh, kind of driving that for him. But um, both of those guys really excelling, um, you know, in their roles and kind of complimenting the guys who uh, have taken a, a larger share of the offense, like, you know, Spencer Johnson and, and Jackson Robinson. BYU is 10th uh, in your metric and uh, in simple rating system. BYU is third in the country. Um, which, which is basically the point differential and strength schedule and points above low average and so on and so forth. These are all great, and we're really enjoying it, Ken. How sustainable do you feel this is for BYU, given that they will play in the Big 12? Right. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think it's, it's super sustainable. I'm not sure that's, like, the, the healthiest way to look at this, though. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't expect – I guess I wouldn't expect BYU to be finishing the season like getting a three seed in the NCAA tournament. I'm still quite not quite uh, bought in on that. But, uh, you know, to be 10th in my system at this point in the season, you know, strongly suggests that they're a tournament team and, you know, possibly easily a tournament team. I mean, you know, again, we'll, we'll have another two or, or three weeks of data here before we get into conference play. And I know BYU's schedule isn't super strong, but they will have to play that game at Utah and uh, to win that game will be pretty difficult, especially if they don't have boost for that game. Um, but even, you know, even the fact that their schedule maybe isn't super strong the rest of the way, how they win those games will, will be interesting because, you know, if they struggle with Fresno state or they struggle with a Wyoming, you know, that might, you know, put us back into a more realistic situation where it's like, Hey, this team's good. They're not, you know, they're a top half of the big 12 team, but uh, you know, the Big 12 is super tough, and if you have, uh, you know, four or five off nights in a row, you're going to feel some pain. So uh, so I think it's exciting times for BYU basketball, but there's, uh, you know, going to be some, uh, some trying days ahead for sure, given how strong the conference is. When you said the phrase top half of the Big 12 basketball team, I mean, if, if I could guarantee that today. <laughs> I'd take it right now. I, I would do it right I'd now, I'd take seventh Ken. right now. Abs- absolutely. Okay, so of all of the surprising things that you have seen as it pertains to BYU – what is the one stat or metric that has shocked you the most about the Cougars? Well, I mean, you know, certainly the, the shooting has been um, really, really good. It's not just that they're making shots. Like, they're making 39% as a team, which isn't – when we talk about things that are sustainable, like, that's actually sustainable. Like, you can, you can go a whole season making that percentage. Um, but the fact that they've – you know, they're one of seven teams right now that have taken over half of their shots from three-point range. Like, they're – Mark Pope has given his team so much freedom, um, you know, to take shots on the perimeter up to this point that, uh, to me, that is surprising. Like, Mark Pope teams traditionally shoot a fair amount of threes, and he clearly um, appreciates a three-point shot and understands that, especially for a program like BYU, that's probably their path to having a, 
you know, a really good offense, but just the degree to which uh, they are taking threes, the volume to which they are, are taking those shots has been somewhat surprising. I think it makes sense for the team, but, uh, but it has been surprising they've taken so many threes so far this year. Okay, we're always looking at your numbers, but what, uh, what's one of your favorite kind of off-the-radar numbers that, that you like to uh, look at when you assess the team? Yeah, my favorite number that doesn't get enough publicity, but I think it's also easy to understand is two-point percentage. Mm. You know, we talk a lot about three-point percentage, you'll hear field goal percentage, but to me, uh, especially early in the season, I love looking at two-point percentage. It stabilizes really quick. It, it gives you, it's really a leading indicator for a lot of teams on how good their offense or defense is. You know, for instance, right now, BYU opponents are, are making 22.5% of their threes, which if we want to talk about things that aren't sustainable, guys, I just got to tell you, that is not sustainable. <laughs> it's really hard to keep teams under 30% for, you know, like an entire season. So that number will come up. Teams are going to start making threes against BYU. But the good news is, you know, there's some teams that that really luck into that. And the two-point defense you can see is really bad. And it's like, hey, you know, there's going to be a world of hurt coming. There's, you know, going to be a reality check coming really quick. But BYU's two-point defense so far is 76 in the country, 46%. Um, so that bodes well. I, you know, the defense might be playing a little bit over its head to this point because of that three-point shooting. Um, but uh, I do think the defense will still be solid as we get into conference play and, and face those tougher Big 12 teams. So, uh, so that's really, you know, kind of a, you know, looking at that two-point defense is really a, a sneak peek into, into the future. Well, Ken, as we wrap up, and, and we do this every time we talk to you because we love your website, we want to drive more eyes to it. It's KenPalm.com. How is the health and status of the subscription and, and the website overall? Yeah, it's going well. I mean, uh, you know, college basketball has uh, always been good to me, and, uh, you know, still uh, still get those mentions from from great people like you. So that uh, that always helps drive some things. So uh, definitely appreciate that. You got it. Thanks for the time today. Uh, always an intriguing look into the numbers, specifically behind this surprising BYU basketball team. Thanks, Ken. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. KenPalm.com. And when we say we look at it every day, it's not We're a not joke. Joking. We look at it every day. Like, I... Pr- <laughs> I need to read the scriptures more than I look at KenPalm.com, but I probably look at KenPalm.com more than the scriptures at this point. Like, it is, it is a really great website that gives you a lot of information. You, you pay 20, I think it's still 20 bucks. Maybe it's a little more in this economy. I have no idea. But anyways, uh, yeah, check it out. For an give, annual subscription. Get, that's per year. That's not per month. That's not anything crazy. Okay, uh, men's hoops. Another big game. Every big game. Uh, every game's big when you're undefeated. Versus Fresno State. Oh, we put boost on the graphic. That's interesting. From the Delta Center, Friday at 9, Big 12 now on ESPN Plus, and of course, BYU Radio. I feel a little sadness looking at that picture. <laughs> I know. I, we need the big man back! Up next. So they can get back. How much name, image, likeness money is needed to lure a good quarterback from the transfer portal? You won't believe some of the numbers coming out from Nebraska's head coach and what he thinks. Nebraska? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, content throughout the day, Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer Linton. He is Jerem Jordan. I have an idea. Let's uh, roll out your Thursday headlines. Oh, yeah, it's not the whip. Why was I doing the whip? It's all right. Gary Football had multiple All Big 12 second team selections. Tyler Batty, Ryan Rico, King Susu Matia. Also honorably mentioned Eddie Hecker, Jacob Robinson, Max Tooley, Camden Garrett, Isaac Rex, Paul Miley. I had you on all Big 12 first team reporters. Thank you. I appreciate that. I voted you uh, MVP, actually. Gary Lasseter named as an offensive newcomer of the year, honorable mention as well. 
In other football news, long snapper Austin Riggs announces yesterday he has entered the transfer portal. We are in the era where long snappers are entering the portal, too. <laughs> we like Austin. Good dude. I love Austin. Best of luck to Austin. Wherever Sad he's leaving. I know. I know. Brecken Mazingo and Laveni Vaca from BYU Women's Soccer have both been selected as semi-finalists for the 2023 Mac Herman Trophy. Yes. This is the Heisman Trophy. Big deal. Of college soccer. Big. Mozingo and Vaca are two of 15 total semifinalists for the award. Also on the soccer front, Bella Felino named yesterday as the recipient of the Elite 90 Award for women's soccer given to the player with the highest cumulative grade point average participating at the College Cup. She's smart. She got engaged. She had two goals against North Carolina. Do you know what her GPA is? It's 4-0. It's a 4-0. Wow. She's unbelievable. Anyway. What uh, can't she do? Riding the wave of the best week ever. Bella and BYU just one day away from playing Stanford in the College Cup semifinals in Cary, North Carolina. Dilji Taylor named Big 12 Cross Country Co-Coach of the Year yesterday after leading the women's cross country team to BYU's first ever Big 12 championship and a 14th place finish at NCAA Nationals. This feels like it's like a week too late. Truth. And I also, it is an awesome award. I, I just don't know why it took so long. I think she's the coach of the year. Let's just go ahead and remove that coach. Who's the co-coach? Yeah, we don't care. It doesn't matter. Diljeet's the coach of the year. Diljeet's coach of the year. The BYSN Big 12 Cross Country. Yes. Everybody in the pool for the next headline because Brad Prolo, Jordan Tiffany, Emerson Edwards, Bryce Broadhead, and Tony Puertas will represent BYU Swim and Dive yeah. in the U.S. Open, which begins today in Greensboro, North Carolina. It runs through Saturday, qualifying for the 2024 U.S. Olympic Trials ahead of the 2024 Olympics. These meets matter a lot. It'd be fun to have a non-runner in Paris. Yes. Uh, notably, Jimmer Fredette. Yeah, besides Jimmer. Yeah. His Jimmerness. <laughs> I like, we used to have volleyball and, like, runners. Yeah. Yes. Jimmer, some runners. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah, volleyball would be fun. It's been we, a minute, right? We don't have an don't indoor. Have a guy really there. Casey Patterson on the beach okay. uh, was giving us a shot previously. All right. Those are today's headlines. Now do the whip motion. Let's whip it. Really into it now. Yes, clearly. <laughs> Very enthused. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Mike Gundy of Oklahoma State was the Big 12 Coach of the Year. Was Sark snubbed? Yes, and here's why. Texas was picked to win it, and they did. They won the regular season. Yeah. It's very hard. And Sark told us in our interview at Big 12 Media Days, the last time Texas was actually picked to win the Big 12, they did it in 2008 or 2009. Yeah. So they they held up. That is so difficult. So I feel like, yeah, he got a little bit snubbed. This is an award that isn't for best coach. It is for surprise team coached by someone of the year. Like Damon Stoudemire won it at Pacific over Mark Pope one year, and that was just garbage. Um, Damon was certainly deserving, but not as deserving as Mark. Um, Matt Campbell, I, I mean, I, I had a case. Because it's Texas, and the expectations are high, you were expected to do well, therefore it's it's not, the, you have to be above expectation. Oklahoma yeah. State, the way they started, too, and then rebounded to eventually. Listen, if BYU wins Saturday, Gundy doesn't get the coach Gundy of the year. Gundy doesn't win Mike the coach of the Gundy, year. BYU gave this to him. Sorry, Sark. <laughs> it didn't come through for you. Dang it. Speaking of head football coaches, uh, Nebraska head coach Matt Rule said yeah. yesterday yeah. that a quote-unquote good quarterback in the transfer portal costs $1 million 
One million and a half or two million dollars in NIL money. Well, which one is it? So somewhere between one and two million. My dad was a carpet cleaner. One time someone asked, how long does this carpet take to dry? And he said, one to eight hours. And they go, sorry, what? He goes, oh, it depends if, the, if it's windy, if it's warm. If... I'm like, just give him a straight answer, Dad. Yeah. Based on today's conditions. Give him the worst. It's and then one, if it's faster, one great. What is it? What do you make of this? One to two million for a good quarterback in the transfer portal. I believe it. Uh, Keaton Slovis uh, did not cost that much, uh, we don't think. No, he was unique. Up. Yeah. In the future, yeah, what's it going to be like for BYU? Are they always going to be on the cheap for those kind of guys? Like Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson, you know, at other schools might have cost that much. Obviously, BYU is a unique place. We feel like there's more to this place than football, and it offers you a lot. It takes a unique personality to see that. Space. Yes. What does that mean if it's not an LDS kid who grew up liking BYU? Yeah, it, it takes a special personality like Keaton Slovis. Yeah. When he said, I, I didn't care about money. It was about fit. It was about scheme. It's about a chance to try and get back on yeah. NFL radars because Aaron Rodgers could put two quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. Unfortunately, Unfortunately Keaton got hurt, didn't right. work out. And my heart, like, I died a little bit when I saw him run off the field on Saturday knowing, like, ah, oh, B.O.'s not in a bowl game and he's not going to get to play one more Hopefully time. Hopefully crushes works out. Yes. Workouts gets a, a, a free agent opportunity somewhere. Maybe. Yes. But – I don't think BYU can compete with the one to two million crowd. I don't think so either. They need the quarterback to be like. Hopefully they can. I want to play at BYU. I want to play where, in recent years, they have put multiple quarterbacks into the NFL, and so I'll take less money. Yes, but we're still talking about like you still need to pay the BYU quarterback like two fifty to five hundred. Yes, you know what I mean. And that's not just let's the, let, let me the, clarify. The guy. Name image likeness is not just straight cash. It is not just straight liquid cash. It's goods and services. It's cars. There are other things you can yeah. do to build up that number. Value. So yeah. maybe there's a little more built-in value somewhere with BYU's networking. It's not just yeah. all cash. Yeah. To go and lure somebody that is good out of the transfer portal. But let's be honest. You can literally buy as good of a team as you want now. So it's up to you. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's there's a lot up of to <laughs> the businesses. Well, the, it is. Uh, yeah, Texas A&M wishes that was, like, the ultimate, but it hasn't worked out for right. them. It's not everything, but I'm saying you can get a roster good enough to do something. It and helps. And then you have to create chemistry, cohesion, yeah. coaching, continuity, and, and money is not everything. Having more money doesn't hurt. <laughs> right. Well, then you, And then you're buying out that coach for 70 minutes. <laughs> Yesterday, Aaron Rodgers was cleared to return to, quote, functional football activities. It's crazy. Jets aiming to return in Week 16 after tearing his Achilles, apparently. Who has a better chance of playing quarterback for the Jets this season, Aaron Rodgers or Zach Wilson? Amazingly, it's Aaron Rodgers. Which is weird, right? Zach's in the doghouse. He ain't playing, and it stinks. What's going to happen? Like, the Falcons play the Jets this weekend. If the Jets are terrible on offense why again. Why would Aaron come back to this team right now, by the why, way? Exactly. That's where I'm going with why? this. If they're terrible again, and it just... They look so bad, and you're out of the playoff race. What if you re-injure yourself to where you can't come back in September? Like, the Jets need to win out until Week 16 to have a legitimate shot at making the playoffs in the AFC. And even then, you're playing a road wild card game, maybe. I and your I don't line know. Stinks. Like, I, I know Aaron Rodgers is a gamer for sure, but wild that he were even here 75 days ago he tore his Achilles. that's it 75 days <laughs> it hasn't been more than 75 days wow that's crazy. that's nuts yeah. all right we just talked to the man 
Ken Pomeroy. And in Ken Palm's historical analysis of past NCAA champions, it's shown that every team that's won a national championship since 2002 has been top 25 in adjusted offense and defense ratings. If the season were to end today, BYU, no joke, would be one of the seven teams that currently fit that description. You buying BYU as a national championship contender? Shockingly, no. <laughs> uh, six games in, it's been fantastic. BYU is playing above expectation in an amazing way. Looking forward to BYU continuing down this path, but obviously the schedule is going to harden in the Big 12. No. Can we just? I just want BYU to make the tourney at this point. Just any tourney spot. I'm not that picky right now. Listen, can we? This is like going to a really nice neighborhood with big homes. Like five to six thousand square foot homes and very nice. It's like one of these is yours. It's like, oh, awesome. But then you see this huge mansion on the hill. It's like only one gets that. It's like, I must have that. Spence, I live in Maple. No! This is me looking at the mountains going, I'll never have that. <laughs> you know what? Like Just for, be grateful for the super I, nice thing. Yes, I'm so grateful. Parade of homes, by the way, can't stand it. I I understand those who love it. I personally just get too jealous. I go in, I go, I'll never have this. This is so nice. I'll never get this. I just get mad. The super nice house right now is a top 20 ranking and being projected to be a single digit seed in the NCAA tournament. And you're looking on Zillow, but it's an unrealistic number? Yeah, BYU's a three seed. It's like, that's not going to happen. You could move into that home at a great deal. There's actually a good finance rate involved. Amazing, right? I remember when those used to happen. We are, the mansion is a dream. Ain't six percent. The mansion is a dream, is but like, let's just appreciate the nice home you already live in as a BYU basketball when fan. When I moved to Mapleton, I had to explain I'm moving to the poor part. <laughs> Ty Lauer Johnson of Louisville men's basketball played limited minutes in the first half of their game last night due to not having the tights he wanted. That's a quote. What? Is this the most ridiculous reason not to play you've ever heard of? In recent memory. <laughs> Yes. Like, there have been times where, like, players' shoes have been forgotten, like, left behind. Like, the, the equipment team, like, forgot to bring a certain pair of shoes, and you had to scramble to find something, and that prevented a, a player from, like, going in. Like, that makes more sense. Like, ah, I, didn't have the, I didn't have the proper tights. Uh, what? The, yeah, in recent memory, I can't think of a more ridiculous reason to not play. Come on, Robin Hood. Let's go. One BYU football game in 2011 – there was an interception by Joe Sampson against UCF, and Jake Heaps could not find his helmet on the sideline. He was like, where is it? He was asking for everybody. I was laughing so hard. Eventually, I got it. He went in. I don't think they had to burn a timeout, but that made me laugh. All right. Women's volleyball is in the NCAA tournament. They're a four seed. They're taking on the Big Sky champs. Weber State, 9 Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN+. BYU is unbelievably 63-0 against Weber State all time. Let's go 64-0. In First a 64-team tournament. Oh. Look at you. Uh-huh. Look at you. Still on the way. What is your way too early win total expectation for BYU football in 2024? 12-0. Going to the Big 12. <laughs> the mansion game. can wait. Going. To- <laughs> this is BYU sports. I'm section. waiting for the mansions in heaven, bro. <laughs> this portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station live from Studio B. Our question of the day is this. What is your way too early win total expectation? 
for BYU football in 2020. You're going to the 12 team playoff next year. We're asking because Blue Austin Collie said Blue eight wins are where he says his expectation for next year. At least he's starting low. Okay. Adam Vandermeid on X says yeah. the schedule does not look as daunting. That's what I was talking about. I agree. BYU has some things to work through this offseason, but I see a path to 4-1 and or even a 5-0 and start to the season. Well, that didn't end well, despite a similar 4-1, and 5-2. Yep. And ending with Collie's prediction of eight wins, adds Adam. Eight oh. wins would be a great step forward and start for the recruiting momentum. The most controllable element of success in football is you getting a roster that is good. And then you have to coach them. You have to have continuity and chemistry. The other thing you don't control as much, kind of, the AD does – is the schedule, right? I don't like at Wyoming. Tom is a loyal contract guy. Yes. That's the that's the play there. He could totally buy it out. There's he, more to the history with BYU and Wyoming there too that needs to play out. Like like there's just there's more behind that story. Yes. Are you saying Black 14? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Like okay. that whole like, thing. Like yes. we're homies, we're friends, we're gonna Correct. play this game. Okay. Correct. Okay. I respect that. I just wouldn't do it personally. Like, yeah. I just would buy that game out as a Big 12 team now with a little more. You knowledge. and a lot of people. You're not alone. A lot right, of people. Right. I, but I I'm telling you Tom's motivations. He is a loyal dude to contracts, okay? And that's not the only G5 road game BYU is going to play in the future, by the way. There will be another one you'll find out about later. Oh, interesting stuff. Yeah. All right, our elite voice of the day, presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated. CougarFan33 on X says, yes. just beat Utah, and I'll be happy. Oh, don't be that guy. Oh. Tell me that. Guy. Would you get ready to go one and eleven? Be done. No. Win the big. Never. No. It's I would so... rather win. Yes. More than just beat Utah. Come on. <laughs> and I'm beat Utah guy. Women's soccer is playing Stanford in the College Cup. You can listen to it on BYU Radio, 8:30 Eastern tomorrow night. Gregory Rubel is in Cary, North Carolina, for it. Our rise and shout out is well earned. Hear about it next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today's Rise is Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Yesterday, Spotify wrapped for 2023, identifying, I'm already tired of it on among other things, what listeners consume the most. So shout out to all of our podcast listeners, yes. specifically J-Rel, yeah. at Blue Goggles, who listened to 7,200 minutes, which is 144 episodes worth. Well done. We do like 350 a year, so keep it going, baby. Top 2% fan, J-Rel. Our thanks to today's guest, Ken Pomeroy. 260 a year, so that's good. Sorry, Dennis. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Jake Caressa, BYU basketball with Mark Pope tonight, 830 Eastern. Go Cougs. Yeah.